Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and on this afternoon match day special, I will be covering the Celtic versus Livingston league encounter. Um, initially solo, we may have some actual contributors as the show rolls in, but that gives me more of an opportunity to speak to you guys tuning in. Thanks. You are tuning in from all over the world as per usual uh, for your Axon fits. <clears throat> Celtic face Livingston. It is the first time since 2013, the Celtic have gone two league games back-to-back and been beaten on both occasions. 2013, those two games were against Motherwell 2-1 and Ross County 3-2. Both away from home, we were 2 nothing up against Ross County. Um, if you can tell me who scored the winner for Ross County, give me a shout in the comments section. Don't Google it. See if you can remember the name of that particular player. But on to today's game. The first thing we'll do is have a look at the lineups, and then we'll speak about them blow by blow, and then we'll try and see if we can make sense of everything else that's going on at Celtic Football Club at this moment in time. The Green Brigade are back. Did you see the video of them travelling from the Celtic Supporters Association on London Road up to the park? It was great to see. We need unity. This is the first step towards that, getting the fans back in the stadium. Um, And I've been supportive of that action since it happened. I've been pretty vocal on a Celtic state of mind. And uh, you do see in the comments section and also on the social, some people do disagree with that. Uh, and that's fine. It's all about debate, isn't it? So let us know your thoughts about the Green Brigade. What can they give us extra today that has been lacking in terms of the atmosphere at Celtic Park in the games that they've missed? The starting 11 that Brendan Rodgers has selected is as follows in goals. You've got Joe Hart, Alistair Johnson back in it right back, even though he was hooked at half time. For Tony Ralston in the game against Hearts, a very disappointing defeat that was um, against the Tynecastle club. 
Uh, it was lifeless. It really was. It was uh, almost without fight, desire, passion, mentality. These things that are a prerequisite for every Celtic player, every player that pulls on that Celtic jersey needs to have uh, those qualities in spades. They cannot be taught. Um, there is a, a sense uh, of inheriting them if you're brought through the ranks of a winning club with a winning mentality. Um, and that was my biggest concern, I guess, um, when we brought in so many bodies in the summer. In the left-back position, Greg Taylor has played every single game this season has Greg Taylor. We're going to go through the players individually, have a look at uh, where they are just now, who needs to improve, who needs to step up. And in the central defensive area, we've got Carter Vickers and Scales. The midfield three, no Rio Atati yet. We didn't expect him to be back. Um, so his jersey is today uh, worn by Paolo Bernardo, uh, the youngster on loan from Benfica. And he lines up alongside captain Callum McGregor. And the player who I feel has been the best player of the season in Matt O'Reilly. We'll come back to him in a moment as well. Um, across the front three, Kyogo's the spearhead and he'll be flanked by Maeda and Palma. And on the bench, we've got Scott Bain. Yang makes a return after his injury to the shoulder. We've got David Turnbull. Will he, will he not uh, be at Celtic after the January transfer window? Oh, Kwon for a second week running um, is on the bench. We haven't seen him in competitive action for Celtic yet. We've got James Forrest, the experience is Jamesy. We've got Tony Ralston, um, another now senior pro in the team, Stephen Welsh, who came back in for the side against Feyenoord, and Mikey Johnston, who has come in for quite a bit of flack this season, even though he has played a few games under Brendan Rogers Livingston. David Martindale's side um, come into this without a win in nine, having scored only a couple of goals in that nine-game sequence, so they are not on a good run of form. And today, for me, is still going to be testing. There's no guarantee. It's a must-win game uh, for quite a few reasons against Livingston today. Um, and we cannot start slowly. We cannot have that dip in tempo. Here is the lineup for Livy. Jack Hamilton, Tom Parks, Ao Obeleye, Scott Pittman, Bruce Anderson, Jamie Brandon, Captain Jason Holt, uh, Joel Nubley, Andrew Shinney, uh, Louis De Luas, and James Penrice on the bench. We have got George Montano, Kelly, uh, Welch Hayes, Bradley, Nottingham, Guthrie, Leningham, and Lawal. That's your lineup that's going to be facing Celtic today at Celtic Park. The Green Brigade are back in. What do you make of the start? I love I'm going to bring in as many comments as possible on this pre-match bulletin. Ewan Boy Martin, great to see you, Ewan, at the Johan Mialbe event and the other events throughout 2023. And hopefully I'll see you again uh, a number of times throughout 2024. Hail, hail to you and everybody else who's tuning in wherever you're tuning in all across the globe. Let us know where you are watching Celtic today. Uh, we get messages from all over the world from Celtic supporters. And it's fantastic um, to see you popping up in the comments section. Just like double denim, happy match day hoops. Loving the atmosphere already. Need to get the intensity levels up and grab a few goals. Intensity, tempo, these are words that I think um, are often overused. But I'll tell you something, when they're not there, you don't have to miss them, do you? And I think that um, the intensity of the, the crowd can definitely feed the intensity and the energy of the players on the park. It's something that we've seen during the pandemic and it was not a, a good outcome uh, on that occasion. And it's something that we have seen over the last few weeks, it's got to be said. Paddy Burns, Merry Christmas to all the Celtic fans 
all around the world. And Paddy, Merry Christmas to you as well. Daniel Hamilton, Merry Christmas uh, to PJ and all the Axrom team, uh, the vast majority of whom are at the game today. Um, and quite a few of the others are overseas. So, yeah, left here all by my lonesome. And uh, no matter what happens, we will be streaming live every single game. That was the vow that we made during the pandemic, and it's not going to change. Yes, it doesn't allow me to get to the games, um, and my big brother and my, my dad and all that don't, don't mind that because they can use the tickets. But until such times as I can get somebody to sit in the hot seat on a permanent basis, uh, possibly one of our overseas contributors, I will be here to talk you through uh, winning, losing and drawing. And there's been far too much of the latter two categories this season for my liking. OK, Joe Hart, let's start off with Joe. I was talking through the week about certain players who really need to step up. We know their capabilities. We know that they are able to, to go out today, for example, and beat Livingston, who are not a good football side and they're not in good form. And you look at Joe Hart, you look at the experience of the man. Um, England International played at the very top level, uh, both for club and country. Manchester City, uh, you know, huge honours there, played a lot of Champions League football. And he was coming to that stage at the end of his career where actually he had an opportunity to sign for Celtic a season before he did. Uh, we could have signed him instead of Barkas. The conversation was had. We went for Barkas. We know how that ended up. But when Ange Postecoglou spoke to Joe Hart, um, there was something in his personality that uh, Ange put a huge emphasis on. Uh, obviously not a player identified by Ange Postecoglou uh, because we had already spoken to him a year previously. But certainly the deal was done on his say. So he came in. And for a long time, I felt he was the best pound-for-pound -pound signing under uh, the big Australian. And you know what? Over the first two seasons, I think that would be a great debate and a great argument uh, to say who was pound-for-pound -pound the best signing between Hart, Rio Atati and Matt O'Reilly. Uh, this season, he's coming for a lot more criticism. And if I was to, to pinpoint areas that I think uh, haven't been great, this season uh, from Joe Hart, it would be basically the fact that he's not commanding that area. And I think that for two years, there was a, a trio at the back with Joe Hart, uh, Starfield and Cameron Carter-Vickers. And within that trio, there was an understanding uh, between the three, um, not telepathy as such, but you know when you've got a partnership um, at the back and it works and you take an element out of that and it's not been the same since Starfield's left, absolutely no doubt about it, but Joe Hart needs to then step up all that experience that uh, you know he is given credit for and he's lauded for. He needs to bring it to the fore. He needs to command his six-yard box. I mean, that goal that Lawrence Shanklin scored last week uh, was amateur hour at Celtic Park, whereby it was just a you know a flight lofted into the box. Uh, he's in acres of space. The goalkeeper has to command the area. The left back has to be far more commanding. And Liam Scales needs to have a more of an awareness as to what's going on in that area of the park. Terrible defensive uh, error for Celtic. And I think Joe Hart is at the heart of it, uh, pardon the pun. Yeah, he needs to take complete command and control of the situation. Um, you know, he should have done it before. I spoke about Feyenoord being the first game after that Kilmarnock uh, debacle, whereby we had to start getting into a groove and find our momentum. Uh, with one eye on the 30th of December when Rangers come to Celtic Park and we are in a dogfight at that point. There is absolutely no doubt about it. Convince me otherwise in the comment section that Celtic and Rangers are not in a title fight as we sit here right now because um, it's going to take a lot to convince me otherwise. Get your comments in. Uh, Joe Hart, 
there's nobody else in the Celtic squad who's going to take his gloves. And that's a fact. Um, and it's not a great thing, actually, because I think we realised that we had to have some kind of succession planning with Joe Hart. And that's why Benjamin Segrist was brought to the club. If you were to ask most Celtic fans, and in fact, go back to the bulletins uh, on Axom and ask the question domestically outside of Celtic and Rangers, who's the best goalie? You probably would have said Segrist. Um, he was he was performing really well for Dundee United. And if you're signing a backup, uh, then, you know, he had bags of experience, obviously. Started his career Segrist at Aston Villa under a certain Martin O'Neill. Um, moved about a wee bit, uh, Swiss international, and he's been nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. And when you're on 14, 15 grand a week uh, for a couple of years and you've played two games, then it's not exactly value for money. You're not pushing the goalie, are you? And I don't think it helps Joe Hart. Uh, Scott Bain, by all accounts, great professional, great guy in and around um, the park and the training ground, etc. But he's just sitting there as a backup. And I don't know about you, I would not be convinced if I was going into that game on the 30th of December. This is always the yardstick, isn't it? Would you be confident going in with any other goalkeeper on the books other than Joe Hart going into that game against Rangers? No chance. Um, looking forwards, we do need a new goalie and it needs to be a top class acquisition. Will it happen in January? Not so sure. Um, I'm not sure if uh, other problems around the, the park has maybe changed the priori priority list, but we definitely need a new goalkeeper in the fullness of time. You move into that defence. Um, I had the audacity yesterday to suggest that um, Cameron Carter-Vickers is immune from any kind of criticism, um, which is fine if you're playing brilliant every single week. I don't think he is. Uh, I think he's another guy who needs to step up, a bit like Joe Hart. He doesn't have the same level of experience as Joe at the highest level, of course, uh, but he's experienced enough. There's one thing about Carter Vickers, and he doesn't share this with Nat Phillips, um, another player we brought up from the EPL. Uh, prior to him coming to Celtic, uh, Carter Vickers, I think, uh, in terms of competitive appearances, had played some cup games for Spurs, uh, but he hadn't played a lot of football for them. What he had done, though, is he'd gone out on loan and played a lot of football, regular football. Nat Phillips has never done that. So Carter Vickers has got plenty of football and plenty of experience uh, in him, and I think that he needs to step up. He needs to be more commanding. Um, I don't think we've seen those uh, performances that we became accustomed to, I think, um, from Carter Vickers. We were probably spoilt for a spell there, where in the big games you could count on him. And by the way, I mean, other than that uh, poor error against Lazio at home, I'm not saying he's making mistake after mistake, misplaced passes, etc. It's the commanding aspect of it. I want these guys, Joe Hart, Carter Vickers, the spinier team, to step up um, and drag other people up to their level as well. We spoke about O'Reilly, uh, JP and I, uh, about the fact that he was given Palmer um, dogs abuse on the park. Love it. That's what you need. You need to tell somebody... They're in a fight. You need to tell them that the standards have dropped and it's not acceptable. Um, so, yeah, Carter Vickers, I want to, I want to see a, a tremendous performance from him uh, today leading into Dundee and, of course, the big one against Rangers on the 30th. And alongside him, Liam Scales, you go back a year ago, uh, he's played for Aberdeen against Darville and he's, and he's on a loan that, um, yeah, there was a few people who, James French, for example, always supported him at Celtic, uh, actual contributor based in Ireland and quite a few in the comments section have done too. Um, I, I was quite vocal in that, you know, had he left at the beginning of this season, I wouldn't have thought it was any great loss. Um, and he's done a Ralston on us, hasn't he? He's come in. It's not a purple patch. Uh, he had basically played in his, his best position and it's culminated in him winning a man of the match award 
in the Champions League against Feyenoord. And that's all within, you could bookend that year, couldn't you? Uh, Darvall defeat, one of the biggest shocks, if not the biggest shock in Scottish football history, right up to Feyenoord and winning the man of the match. This guy that we signed from Shamrock Rovers in the Irish League for 500 grand. And he has become, at this moment in time, really pivotal. Uh, to the Celtic setup, and certainly has built a partnership with Cameron Carter Vickers. When you look on that Celtic bench, uh, an actual fact, obviously Scott Bain, we've already spoken about, what's your defensive options? Um, as well as Tony Ralston at right back, and uh, we'll be chatting about him when we come to Johnson, you've got Stephen Welsh. Uh, now, Stephen Welsh, for me... We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. As someone, again, who I didn't think was going to get game time under Brendan Rodgers and it would have been best for him to move on for the betterment of his career. Uh, Rodgers gave him a four-year deal and he's sitting on that bench uh, before Nat Phillips, who's still on loan from Liverpool, of course, Kobayashi, who seems to be on his way out uh, back to Japan, if reports are to be believed, and also £7.3 million worth of centre defensive talent and uh, Novrosky and also Gustav Lagerbilk. So you're keeping quite a lot of bodies out the team there, quite a lot of value, quite a lot of spend in the summer transfer window. And it's bizarre. It really is. And it's been uh, part of a major discussion about recruitment over the last couple of months, I would suggest, in and out on uh, Axon, whereby we're bringing players in that the, the manager doesn't fancy. He doesn't fancy the talent of them, the speed of them, the personality personality of them in the, in the dressing room and on the training pitch uh, because he has said in press conferences that that counts for a lot in his book and these guys are not getting a look in. Um, how many of them, let us know in the comment section, the guys I've mentioned there, how many of them move on in the winter transfer window? Stephen Wells is going nowhere. He's just signed a four-year deal with Celtic. He's going nowhere. Scales and Katavikas are your first two picks. Underneath that, you've got Phillips. Do you continue the loan from Liverpool? For me, it's a no. You've got Kobayashi, it's no worked out. He gets his move back to Japan. You've got Novrosky. How difficult is it to make a call on him? We've not seen enough of him. And the minutes that I seen, I thought he looked good. Um, there was a there was an element of his play that reminded me of Joshua Simunovic, who is a player that if you forget, if you're able to forget the injuries put into one side as a player, he had the attributes um, of a of a top class central defender for Celtic to the point whereby you remember uh, Torino tried to buy him, or was it Roma? Um, over in Italy, they tried to buy him from Celtic, and the fee they were talking about was eight to nine million quid. He probably, I think, failed a, a fitness test and a medical, uh, and the, the, the deal fell through. He's a player that uh, Noroski reminds me of, and he's not getting a look in. So how's he looking at training? Obviously not good enough. 
in terms of what Brendan Rodgers is seeing. And then you've got Lagerbjelk. Lagerbjelk, oh, one of the absolute enigmas of the, the transfer window, whereby he was thrown in because we had no one else. Um, and, you know, he played five games. I thought there, there was elements of his games I had to improve. But he looked like a defender. I mean, Swedish defender of the year last season, breaks into um, the Sweden national side, scores against Moldova, uh, albeit not great opponents. He does the business at international level. And then he's dropped. He disappears from view. Comes back in against Feyenoord, scores a winner. We're all singing lager, lager, lager. Never seen him since. It is bizarre. And these are the things, these are the random selections um, that actually, you know, an hour before kickoff today, you're looking at um, the social media channels wondering who's going to get in this team. Um, are there going to be any surprises? Um, was there a surprise in the start of and Was Bernardo that surprise? Would you have played David Turnbull? Um, obviously, Awata is still injured and um, Brennan Rogers yesterday confirmed that Odin Holm is suffering from illness at the moment, so that's why he's not in the squad. So that's where we are with the centre-half uh, area. Uh, and on the right-hand side, special mention to Stephen Welsh, actually, when he came back in for his uh, second competitive start of the, the, the season against Feyenoord, I thought he played really, really well. It was obvious that he was a bit rusty, but I thought he did really well. And I hope that, like Tony Ralston, um, until lesser degree, James A. Forrest, he's a player that will be a backup player for Brendan Rodgers this season. And when you need to call upon him and that type of player, then you can rely on them. They're not the type of player you want to be going in all guns blazing into a Champions League game. It's no ideal. But in terms of a second pick, I think Welsh, Rouse and that type of player um, would be key for Celtic. And I'm going to throw in there, um, there was a few moments this season that I felt that would be the best that Mikey Johnson could attain in this Celtic side. And now... Um, of the view that he's not going to even attain that. I think uh, he needs to move on to Pastor's News. But we'll get into the 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 uh, more offensive areas in a moment or two. Right back, Alistair Johnston. How impressed have you been with him this season? He was hooked last week at half-time. Tony Ralston comes in from the cold, as he often does, and just um, applies himself as if he's never been out of the team. I think he's the ultimate professional, is Tony Ralston. I often joke that he's my favourite player. But in actual fact, there's a lot of truth in that. I love a player who is committed, um, a bit of a cult uh, player, which I think Tony Tony is, um, and very reliable. You know, he's never going to win you the European Cup. He's never going to get a, a £5 million transfer to Anderlecht. But he's a player that I think um, second tier in your squad is very, very useful. Um, in actual fact, I think on, on the left-hand side, that is the level of Greg Taylor. Um, but because of other circumstances um, and also his own form, to be fair to the player, um, he was uh, or, or has been our first pick now for the best part of two and a half seasons. Um, I don't think that he has progressed uh, at all this season. I think he's regressed and he needs replaced, does Greg Taylor. He's targeted by every side, both domestically and uh, when playing Champions League football, he's a weak link physically. He's not to scratch. Uh, in terms of position, positional play, he's always out of position. The worst example I've seen this season was against his former side, Kilmarnock, whereby you watch that winning goal and ask yourself, where is the left-back? Because that's where the ball's coming down. It's coming down our side. Um, he's in a number 10 position. He's actually on the other end of the park, completely out of position. He leaves scales wide open. 
It makes Scales look bad. Um, he then has to come across, and then Phillips is left with two guys to mark. So the, the knock-on effect of the poor positional play Greg Taylor has been um, highlighted this season. I think under Ange, he, he got away with it uh, to a large degree for two reasons. Uh, the first one was on that left-hand side, we had Starfelt and Maeda, who were covering for Taylor time and time again, defensively. Um, and also, Greg Taylor was doing a lot of good work in the kind of middle area of the park as an inverted fullback. And, um, you know, that that's the kind of moments that you remember from Greg Taylor over the last couple of years with, with more offensive uh, attacking moments than his defensive qualities. So there you go. That's where I am with Greg Taylor now. I think it's time to get ruthless and brutal in the January transfer window. And there's a couple of players I've already mentioned in Mikey Johnston and Greg Taylor who... Um, I don't even think Mikey's uh, second best. I think he moves on. Greg Taylor, you keep him as backup. You move on Burnaby and you bring in a new left back. Paulo Arujo is uh, apparently that man who is going to be the target. Also, a wee bit like Carter Vickers, uh, Alistair Johnston, he came into the Celtic side. He became very quickly a fan favourite. Bit of a cult player himself, loves a battle. Um, and I don't think he's been brilliant this season. I really don't. I don't think that he has been a standout. And in actual fact, when you're hooked at half-time, I think the, the gaffer um, agrees. He's, he is he is a quality player. Um, we had a you know a number of discussions uh, on this show, time and time again, around whether or not he was an upgrade to uh, Josip Juranovic when he left the building last uh, season. I think it's a debate to, to be had. He was kind of heading in that direction, wasn't he? Um, but then, again, I think uh, he's kind of stagnated this season. And that's maybe due to the form of the entire team, and it's uh, it's not been great, really. It's been topsy-turvy, Jekyll and Hyde, up and down, all that kind of stuff, all those cliches, and Johnson suffered a bit from that. So we'll be looking for a good performance from him today. I don't think he's as good at overlapping as Tony Ralston, um, and the reason I'm bringing up that uh, at the moment is I think that's key to Kyogo, right? You look at... Um, I-, I posted a few highlight reels this morning uh, on the social media channels of Kyogo and the kind of chances he gets on the end of and you're looking at balls being cut back, and they're, they're kind of zipped in and whipped in low and fast, and he's got the touch, he's got the uh, positional play, he's got the speed of thought to get at, in front of the defender or to, or to delay his run so that if the ball's played behind him, uh, the defender has stepped forward and he's in acres of space. And he, and he gathers those balls for fun. He scores many of his goals from that type of position. Um, he, he has it in his locker, to score different types of goals. Of course he does. You just need to look at, for me, his three finest moments, his three defining moments this season were against Lazio, Atletico Madrid and uh, Rangers. And those goals had far more of the individual brilliance about them um, and finishing technique about them than the the type of forward play that I think he's become accustomed to. Um, it was a type of ball he would get for fun from uh, Maeda, Abada, Jota and Tony Ralston. In actual fact, he has set up quite a few of Kilo's chances over the piece. We need to start tapping into that, that area of the park and that style. And I think Nader on the left-hand side is going to be key to that. He, he knows Kyogo really well. There's a relationship, an understanding between the two Japanese internationals, whereby I think there's going to be chance creation today between uh, Meda and Kyogo. And uh, we need the wee fella to get back on the score sheet, don't we? We really do. We need to get him back. Uh, finding his, his shooting boots, one goal and 12 appearances. That's not the Kyogo that we know and love. So let's hope that the wee guy gets in amongst the goals today. There's loads of great comments coming through. Thanks every single person for supporting um, a Celtic State of Mind this year. Here we go. Uh, Lupe33, let's bring you up. 
Turnbull, Burnaby and Mikey J all gave up last week. Should never play for Celtic again. But at least one of them probably will, the way this season is going. Okay, that's an interesting shout, uh, Lupe. As I said before, we've got to be bold and ruthless. Um, and quite frankly, I agree with you. I would move on all three of those players. I think uh, they've all had sufficient chances in Celtic jerseys to prove under uh, more than one manager uh, their worth. And under Brendan Rodgers, neither of those players uh, look the part. I don't think they're going to have a future at Celtic. So, yeah, it might seem harsh, but sometimes you've got to be brutal. And we've got to uh, streamline and trim the squad uh, with far more quality on the right-hand side then. Um, unless Maida and Palma switch, which they are capable of doing. We've also got Palma. And I think of all the summer signings, Palma's the one who is on the top of the pile for me. He's shown more than any of the other signings that he could well turn out to be a decent enough acquisition. But he is rougher in the edges. Um, he disappears from uh, play. His defensive qualities are not good. Uh, and I think the data guys would back that up as well. And he seems to have a bit of a mentality um, issue as well. That's maybe the, the type of play that Rogers was talking about, whereby if things aren't going your way, you dig in. I've used Jota as an example. Um, in, the, in season one, I don't think he had that mentality, but in season two, we've seen a lot more from him, whereby when the chips are down, that's when we really need you to step up. It's not about step overs and uh, fancy footwork. Um, if you're one or two nil down, you just need uh, to get us back in the game. And Jota learned that pretty quickly. Palma needs to do it now uh, because we're in adversity. Um, it's not like we're playing free flow and football, winning every game. Palma needs to dig in. Um, in the, the midfield area then, we've got uh, McGregor, O'Reilly, and uh, also we have Bernardo O'Reilly and McGregor, two of only three players given pass marks by Brendan Rodgers last week. The third being scales. I think that speaks volumes for some of the other guys with experience I've been talking about in the likes of Joe Hart, Cap Turvickers, Alistair Johnson. These guys... You know, Rodgers wasn't happy with the performance last week uh, and he clearly wasn't happy with David Turnbull and, and you know, he gets hooked at half-time. Who do you play, though? That's always a big uh, debate and Bernardo's been thrown in there. Again, I'm undecided on the player. I, I wouldn't be too worried if we cut his loan deal short at the end of the, the year. Um, a wee bit like Jens and Abelgaard, get him sent back to Benfica because he's not really stapled his name into the Celtic side, has he? But, uh, you know, I'm going to be looking at him with interest. Alan Morrison tells me he's a great player off the ball and you might think, oh, that's brilliant. But apparently, you know, that that's very useful for the likes of uh, McGregor and, and O'Reilly. Frees him up, blocks that kind of space that uh, they thereafter don't have to cover. So Bernardo, very much a team player and uh, you've really got to look out for the work that he's doing. Um, so that, for me, is my take on the team. I think it's strong enough should always be strong enough seven days a week to beat this Livingston side comfortably. Um, but there's a mentality, there's momentum, there's confidence, all these things um, that you don't get on the data sheets. Um, they're not metrics that you can actually gauge and quantify, unfortunately. And that then comes down to Brendan Rodgers as a man manager and being able to tap in to the core group and then uh, be able to then nullify the kind of threat, and I say threat in inverted commas because it's a different type of threat you have with Livingston. The threat that you've got from this side is the fact that they're going to park the bus. Let's throw all the cliches at it. They're going to park the bus, absolutely. Um, and what you sometimes need to do with these teams is draw them in. Draw them in a bit, let them attack. You've got to be strong enough at the back for that and then hit them on the break. And what you're looking for there 
as you're looking for scales, who's got great pass, he's got great distribution, long and short. And Carter Vickers, uh, miss out the midfield, hit the winners, hit the wingers in behind uh, the defensive players or an overlapping fullback if they've got the pace. Uh, and once they have that, then they're going to be looking for Kyogo. Once Kyogo um, is set free, I think he could end up scoring a, a couple today. Uh, it'd be great if you got a hat-trick. In fact, Cameron Mikko, thank you for your support. Always an absolute pleasure. Uh, people supporting the Axom channel. Macaroni pie for dinner. Matt Gunner, it looks as though you're on the wrong stream, mate. Um, and it worries me a wee bit, the obsession that you have with Celtic. Um, but uh, thanks for getting involved. I'm sure you'll have a great time in the comment section. Anyone, however, who comes on to ban any of the Axon regulars up uh, or the genuine contributors up will be kicked off the stream and banned from the channel because it's all a bit sad, isn't it, guys? Um, here we go. Taylor has always been targeted, says John McLaughlin. I, I think it's just been more highlighted this, this season because we're not playing well, John. Uh, we are in a bit of adversity and uh, we're not playing that free flowing football um, and I, I think to be honest you know it's one of the things that we're at that stage where it is a priority now the left back area definitely is a priority it's about kick off time here at Celtic Park thanks everybody for getting involved Five 600 strong on the live stream we'll be back at half time and I say this every week hopefully to talk about a brilliant first half where Celtic have been playing this freedom uh, with freedom, uh, scoring a few goals and, and bringing Kilgo back into the game. That is what we hope. Hopefully the atmosphere is better as well. Thanks every single one of you. We'll see you in 45 minutes. Thanks for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.